Stand by for a start. Behind the gates. They're locked away now. Out of the last couple. With Sky's stable stars. The excitement really starting to build. On Sky Sports Radio. Stand by, stand by, behind the gates, back for another week. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you're having a really good Saturday and you're fired up for Golden Rose Day out there at Rose Hill Gardens. Pleased to report that we're going to have picture-perfect conditions for racing today. The rail is in the two-metre position. It's a good four. We'll get the latest on track shortly with Darren Flindell, who's about to join, join the program. We know in the intro it's Sky Stable Stars. Well, I'm not too sure about that, but... You've got two race callers, a form analyst, and Andrew Hurley. We're still trying to work out what he is. But he's a media personality, isn't he? He's a great man. Aside from Nick giving him the bump bowl, he's a great man. There might be a few bump bowls today a little bit later in the show when we talk about last week's early crow. I went head-to-head with Hurls, so stay tuned to see how we went. If you missed last week, the early crow is, of course, our new segment where we have a a forecast about the day's racing at Rose Hill. We try and predict the future a little bit and uh, come up with uh, a bold prediction for the day. Imagine if you could look into the future. People always say, oh, you know, I'd like to see who the next president is or I'd like to know who won the grand final. Mate, I'd just be looking into the future and seeing all the winners today at Rose Hill and I'd just be getting the absolute lot and you wouldn't hear me next week on this radio program because I'll probably be on a beach somewhere in the Bahamas. Let's welcome in the panel for another week. Brad Davidson, good morning to you, sir. Morning, Luke. Morning, everyone. Yeah, great day of racing ahead, isn't it? Uh, Golden Rose Day and, of course, the Underwood down south as well. going to be a fantastic day of racing. And I'll start this week by something I don't normally do, unfortunately. And I do it begrudgingly because uh, I don't enjoy doing it, Luke. But What's uh, happened, David? the old sparring partner, Andrew Hurley, I must give him a little, the littlest rap I can today. Uh, <laughs> private eye last week, he lifted the multi over the line with, with, with a $10 winner and uh, the week before that, I think it was Butch Cassidy at 10s, and, and that got into the, in the top four. So, look, he, he probably gets the, the crown for last week's multi, to be honest, and uh, I don't like doing it, but uh, well done, Mr. Hurley. Wow. Mark this down, folks. 10.06 a.m., 23rd of September 2023. Brad Davidson's just not only given someone a rap, but he's given Andrew Hurley a rap, Davo. This is a massive uh, turn of events. Uh, you've, you've completely floored me, Davo. You've completely oh. floored me, but I join you. In congratulating our colleague from his recent form, or for his recent form, would be better English. Uh, nice to see him turn things around, David. Oh, I must have got out on the right side of the bed this morning. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I've just got a new lease on life, if I'm in my midlife crisis. I'm not sure what it is, but I just feel a bit generous this morning, so there you go. Let's bring him in. Good morning, Andrew Hurley. Welcome back to Behind the Gates. Oh, good morning, uh, Brad, Luke, and uh, and also Darren. Thank you for those kind words. Uh, yeah, you take it when it comes, don't you? But uh, yeah, geez, I enjoyed uh, Private Eye last week. I, I said to a few people during the week. Obviously, the name of the game is is to uh, to back a winner, but um, yeah, it's also a sport, and you have a love for it. And there's some horses you just you know I didn't didn't win a fortune on it by any stretch of imagination, but uh, uh, it's some horses that just really. You get embraced by and Private Eye is certainly, certainly one of those. That was a terrific win last week. Don't worry about that. What a horse he is, Darren Flindell. You would have enjoyed calling him again last week. And Nash was just on fire, wasn't he? Booting home a few winners. And we had a, a text on the text line earlier. A, a listener's going to hitch the bandwagon to Nash again today and back him in most of the races. 
it was an enjoyable race overall and a great uh, performance there by Private Eye to cover a bit of ground and, and nail overpass. Whether it was good to call or not, well, I'm not entirely sure because I was on overpass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know, Darren. I didn't know. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Hills, you, you might just uh, shout me a beer at some stage, just a small form of compensation. Not a problem at all. How about a dozen? Darren... <laughs> Sold. Explain to the public uh, the emotion involved in having a a wager on a horse. It's in front with 50 to go and then something's coming to catch it. You're trying to do the public justice and be impartial in your call, but inside there's a degree of pain going on. I've experienced it myself. Yes, yeah, when you've just, uh, and that's a close finish sometimes, and you just go bang straight out. I think your, your accuracy in calls when you know you've been, been beaten <laughs> is better sometimes in races where you haven't had an interest because you just know. Yep. All punters know when they've, when they've been beaten, and uh, I think it can be a little bit like that with the call, even in the real type ones. Oh, tell me about it. I've never got a photo wrong where the horse I've backed has gotten beaten, Darren. I can uh, <laughs> certainly tell you that. Yeah. Isn't it a funny thing when the photo goes on and on and you've, you've you called one winning by a nose and you think, well, I wouldn't mind being wrong here. <laughs> the punt just takes priority above all. Don't worry about the reputation. <laughs> I'll, 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 cop, I'll cop the heat, the abuse for going the wrong way in the photo if this uh, goes oh, the other way. 100%. Uh, Davo, can, can you marry anything up uh, in sort of relation to that? Uh, have you got any personal experience that could sort of equate to the disappointment of a, a horse getting knocked off when you're calling a race? It's a tough well, feeling for us, Davo. Oh, not really, because I must admit, uh, I feel for you guys right in that emotion to have to sort of shut that out, um, because I struggle, I must admit, I struggle sometimes on Sky One when when you, you, you back one as luckless or it's just missed and you, you're trying to commentate off the back of it straight away and give a give an impartial view on, on the race. It's, just, it's quite hard sometimes when you're feeling that emotion, and particularly if you you know you haven't got out or it's an absolute moral beat and you get... Okay, take a breath and, and, and commentate. So it's, uh, I don't know how you do it right in that moment because, uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to hide that emotion. You, you both do it very well. It adds to the fun, um, boys, that's for sure and certain. Uh, Darren, I've been not rattled, but I've had an epiphany this week uh, that I've been all wrong in the regards to... Joe, or should I say, Jao Marrera. I heard our oh. fellow co-hosts calling Joe Jao this week and I, on the air, and I'm thinking, what's going on here? Well, his name is Jao, <laughs> but he, well, he accepts Joe because that's what we've all been calling him his whole career, Darren. I've heard him refer to himself as Joe for years. He, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think when he first started riding in Asia in Singapore with his first port of, port of call, and he was there for many years. I've never heard any commentator call him anything other than Joe uh, the whole time. Well, what's doing here? Is every, are we that, we're very PC and woke here at Sky Racing. They're, they're making sure they're getting it very right, I'm, I've noticed. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll just stick to Magic Man then. I reckon that's the play. They've got me thinking. He was, a, he was in full flight at Warwick Farm on Wednesday. He's in great touch, Darren, isn't he? Great rider. Yeah, well, he rode a good thing early in the day for Gay and Adrian Aditi, and then uh, the drama charge race, race six later on in the day after, later, he made it look like Winks, so the way it uh, toyed with him up the straight. Mm, didn't he? What? This got me thinking about other racing personalities' names we get wrong. Uh, of course, Bjorn Baker. Um, Cole called him Bjorn one day. Bjorn <laughs> Booger. When he won, <laughs> <laughs> when he won at Bathurst. Um, Kieran McAvoy often gets called Kieran McAvoy. His name's Karen. Uh, we've thought about all the big problems this week, uh, Darren, haven't we? 
Then you tried to throw another wobbly in there with uh, Glenn Schofield. Yeah, Glenn Schofield. Although I think that's a joke, isn't it? <laughs> what do you reckon, Davo? You got all these ta- names and pronunciations sorted? The one that one does annoy me, Kieran McAvoy. Like uh, no one on this panel does it, but it's, it's amazing how many people in the industry that have been around 30, 40 years that say Kieran still. Like Kieran Maher, it's Kieran, and you know he's written how many Group Ones, and we still can't get his name right. And that is one that does my head in. But uh, I've heard some good ones over the time. Maybe a few people can text in some some good ones. I've heard some, and this is uh, one thing, guys. We talk about during the week is his horse name. How on earth Racing Australia haven't gone down the path of? I know Mardo's been championing this for a while. Of, of of next to every horse in the form guide, there should be a little bracket how to say the horse's name phonetically because, you know, we're guessing a lot of the times, race callers in particular, first start, second start, we've got no idea, and then come through at fifth or sixth start, no, this is how we want it pronounced. Well, hang on a minute, what about the punters then at home who don't know, you know, that they won't be able to familiarise themselves when, when they hear the call? So it's easy done. It's just in the Racing Australia form guide, just have it there phonetically, how you want the horse spelt, and we, we, don't, we don't have to worry about it. But we don't do things well a lot in racing, and that's one thing we, we don't do well. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it save a lot of pain, Darren, if that was just a, a, a rule of racing when you name a horse? It is just horse? such a simple yeah. fix. So that when you buy a horse, the paperwork involved, it just goes on and on and on. It'd just be one more box to fill in. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, I, I've had owners um, take it upon themselves to reach out and, and let us know what the pronunciation is. And I personally really appreciate it because I want to call the horse the correct name, but... Sometimes there's a doozy, it's a French name or something like that, and you just don't know how to say it. Sometimes it could be a play on words, and it would be wonderful if we could solve that problem, um, but we'll wait and there see. Was a, there was a good one a few years ago, an Italian one, Andiomo Fica. <laughs> it only yes. lasted for one start. Don't Google it, listeners. Don't Google it. Yeah, that one slipped what about, through. What about that? Uh, remember that horse of good opens? Everyone wanted to call it Wagner when it was Yes, yes, exactly. Anyway, we solve all the big issues here on Behind the Gates. We might try and interview someone next week from Racing Australia and find out why that can't be done, boys. But uh, let's talk about this meeting. And uh, the Golden Rose is where we've got to start, guys, because um, we could spend the whole show talking about this. Gee, it's a race, Davo. I mean, um, Cylinder, he's got the run to the Rose form, which typically is the right lead-up, but rules are being broken this year. King Colorado coming through the wait-for-age winks. Shinzo running in the race first up. It's uh, a real beauty. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating race, isn't it? Um, look, I think there's going to be a couple of really good horses out of it over further, but in terms of the more at 1,400 here, I'm still waiting for one to really put their hand up and say, I'm absolute A-grade plus, and... I'm not sure one has yet. Um, look, it, it's got all the different angles, though, for a, a great betting race. There's no doubt about that. Oh, it's, it's fascinating. What do you do with Shinzo? I just don't like the setup, guys. I know he's a champion trainer, and he, I'll probably sit back later tonight and go, how could you possibly doubt him? But he hasn't trialled for a while. He's first up 1,400 metres. I mean, I must admit, I don't really understand the tactics. We hear Giga Kick's going to miss the premiere and go straight into the Everest. We hear... Bogo Magic is going to miss today, of course, and go into the Cozzy. But for me, guys, it's like going into an NRL or an AFL Grand Final without a run, with a practice match. Like, you need this toughening up, I think, because there's such high-pressure races. I, I think the season, you know, the real toughening fitness you only get in races is what concerns me with Shinzo here. So I've got to be a little bit against him. Um, I come back to Cylinder just having the perfect lead-up. He's had the two runs. They've had him going to be peaking on this day where a lot of these others are 
Cork Hill Guineas, you know, King Colorado's probably your, your, your sort of 1,600, 2,000. Militarised, I think, your Cox Plate horse. And um, so I, I just wonder whether he's the one on the spot today. Gets the right run. Nash aboard. He should have won the run to the Rose easier. I don't love that lead up, but I'm just left with him getting the right run and the one peaking today where I think a lot of the others are either inferior form or just just a little bit, you know, next maybe next run rather than this. So, yeah, it's a fascinating race, though. There's so many possibilities to it. There's probably only about four that I'd completely pen, and then I'm sort of left with eight. Uh, it's going to get complicated uh, at quaddy time. But I've settled on militarise, primarily for the draw. I think he'll just get such a great run on the fence all of the way through and a rails-hugging ride by Joe up the straight. And Joe was able to win the two Group 1s on Militarise back in the autumn, the size produce and then the champagne stakes. So Militarise is my pick. I'm really, really worried about the draw uh, with Shinzo. I just don't know where he's going to end up. Who knows after the race or so. Isn't he one of the world's best? Ryan Moore gave it, gave it the run of the race. Uh, I'm just not sure where he's going to sit. Cylinder, I think, will be in the right spot. I think he's ready for the 1,400 metres now. King Colorado, I wouldn't want to say no, uh, but he's going to be giving them a pretty big start. Loved his trial at Roundwick. They really made him do the chasing there, and he did. He looks like a really nice horse, King Colorado. Uh, I think Moravia's got the option to lead or lead us back. NCAP, it could be a chance. Butch Cassidy's probably the other leader in the race. I think Butch Cassidy's had his chances now. Uh, Nadal will probably have to go right back at the start and ride for luck on the fence. Um, not rating snapback or general salute. Then the bottom one, Charm Stone. Very interesting uh, filly here. Wow. Um, I think it's more a race. I just want to sit back and enjoy it. Mm. But I will have something each way I'm militarise. What do you think, Hurls? What are they backing here? It's, it's an intriguing race in, in all aspects. Um, look, Cylinder's been popular throughout the week, but it's not surprising it's getting out slightly, 420 to 440. I think... Uh, Tim and the team would like to take Shinzo on uh, um, I was just bold enough to say that it might start double figures but even the two fair if that's going to happen they just can't they can't lay it if there's so much money going on it it's just just simple mathematics militarise has been popular um, Don Corleone it, it's it's a fascinating race uh, dollar wise we had a lot of bets yesterday for Charm Stone uh, and that has continued somewhat this morning. And as I said, yeah, militarise is another one they've come for in the last 24 hours. Now, ever since I've been punning, just a, a staple rule has always been if a horse is coming out from weight for age, back out of weight for age, well, that's the way you go. And, yeah, personally, because King Colorado uh, ticks that box, that's the way I'm headed. But, you know, it, nothing would surprise um, one thing that hasn't really been mentioned this week, guys, is, I mean, Shinzo owned Cylinder in the Golden Slipper. Does that mean anything, Davo? Because I know now they're older horses, you've got to make the next step, blah, blah, blah. But he always struck me as a horse that would be better at three, Shinzo. Yeah, but it's a bit like uh, the Heritage, we'll get to that later, but it's a bit like Osmosis owning Royal Tribute last preparation as well. It's, it's all good, but it's, it's grand final day and, and it's... Shinzo's gone five lengths or four lengths better than he's ever gone in his life on that day. Did he just get the, the dream run and overachieve, or is he the real deal that will go on with it on three? I mean, you could argue either way, but I think to counteract all that in both races, the Heritage and the Golden Roses, the setup. You know, I don't think he's set up to run a peak today where he was in the Golden Slipper, where Cylinder is, because he had the two beautiful lead ups, he had everything go right, where 
I mean, just, I haven't had a trial for a month and, and, uh, and Shinzo's first up 1,400, it just doesn't feel the right setup for a horse to go, I'm going to run an absolute peak figure here, even though, you know, it'd be worth a lot for him to do that. So I get what you're saying, but I think Cylinder's set up better to run better than uh, Shinzo today. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, I think you're mad if you think Cylinder, uh, sorry, if you if you think Cylinder, uh, Shinzo isn't uh, isn't there to run very, very well. I mean, Waller, uh, be careful doubting the great trainer, Davo, be careful. Yeah, but as I said, it, it's match practice. And in these high-pressure races, in these grand finals, it's like, as I said, it's like a footy player not having a, having a run for three or four months, playing a couple of practice matches back in the VFL and then coming into the AFL grand final and expecting him to be best on ground. It, it, it can happen, sure, but they've got to be a lot better than the others. And I, I just... Uh, not backing a horse like that's going to going to hold you in good stead more, more times than, than enough. And sometimes you'll get it wrong, but I think long time the probability says he's, he, he's not going to run a peak today. Mm. Text about NCAP, guys. Uh, Davo, what's your thoughts on him? Has he... It could be Dylan Gibbons' first or second Group 1 winner if he's able to get NCAP home, but he, he comes out of what you would think is a weaker form line. I found it really hard to assess him because he comes off a really good rating race last time out and fastly run, and, and then he, he kicked home nicely and got the sweet run. Just, you know, you just got a little query on, on the form line and, and what he's been doing. You know, it wasn't so long ago that he was struggling to get past the Levanteers in a, in a maiden at Warwick Farm, even though the run was great. So... I'm going to say no, but I, I, I wouldn't totally rule him out the way he's going. Darren, any feel for NCAP here? He can, he's a strong finisher. Yeah, I haven't got him in my top four or five here, but I'm certainly not disrespecting him either. He's just one of what I thought was eight legitimate chances in the race with the right run. Mm. Hurls, anything finally to say on the rose? Uh, just going to be interesting to see who actually gets a nod as far as favouritism is going because they're spreading their loves around somewhat. Um, yeah, at this stage, yeah, Cylinder's the favourite, but, you know, the way it's going, Shinzo, and even uh, down the bottom there, Charmstone and Militri. So, yeah, very, very interesting. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, too, how Shinzo parades. I mean, if it plays up and it's a bit culty or what have you, you know, it could get out as well. Just on pronunciations earlier, a listener letting us know that his mates, it drives him mad, they call Morfittville, Morpethville. <laughs> Haven't heard that one. <laughs> they're they're on the wrong track there, Darren. They need to go back to grammar school. <laughs> someone uh, someone in the press room at Warwick Farm said on Wednesday when we got in there, uh, where, where, "Where's Capalaba?" I said, "What?" And I turned around and looked Calabar. at the screen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, has anyone seen my sunglasses? I lost them last week at Ramwick. They're MIA. I was having too good a time, Darren. Yeah, there were numerous sightings around um, around the eastern suburbs on Sunday. Possibilities? Yeah, all false. Like the abominable the snowman. Ones? The rain exists. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can't find them. Anyone? Somewhere? Where are they? Who's got them? Uh, Shannon Stakes, guys. Race number seven. Waterford. He's been gelded. Darren. Mm. Has it uh, done the trick with him? He used to lay in a bit and not really have a go. I think uh, sometimes, but he looked pretty good first up. I thought his effort was super. Yeah, his run was uh, really good there first up. There's no denying that. His last win, though, was in benchmark 78, and here he is in the in the Group 2 today. I have to say it's a really shallow race. I just kept looking at it, and it took me forever to, to make a decision. Uh, I sort of balk at, at taking the favourite odds about Waterford. 
And then I look at the others. Cepheus over 1,500 metres right in the market with the booking of Nash. Not even really sure if this is the, the right race, but he maps really well. In Crosstalk, the third pick, its first up run was deplorable. Mm. Um, but he, you'll probably get a much softer lead today. What happened to him, Darren? He... Look, there didn't seem to be any excuses. The track might have just been too firm. Yeah. Well, so but... things won't be too much better today. Exactly right, Brad. So I've um, then I keep looking at Kerwin's Lane. His last five runs: Group One, Group One, Group One. Uh, wait, for, big wait for age race in Eagle Farm, and the Group Two Theo Marks. I think, oh right, he's always been better second up. Kerwin's Lane. He loves the dry tracks. He's my good value bet in the race. Kerwin's Lane each way. Nice one, Darren. I wasn't. Uh, I, I meant wasn't calling you Brad by mistake there. I was trying to move you on prematurely. I apologise. <laughs> I apologise, Darren. Now we'll go to Brad uh, for his thoughts on the race. Look, I, I, I don't mind Darren's thought there around Kerwin's Lane. You know, he's got that really good run uh, against Ellsberg. He's going back a while ago, fifteen hundred metres, and it's that sort of that different bit of value selection in the race. I, I landed on Waterford just because I, I think he. Just got that turn of speed that might get him out of trouble from back in the ruck. He did want to lay in, I think, the last 20 metres again. Watched the stewards' vision. I thought he did start wanting to duck in a little bit late. But I did, look, I think he can only improve off that off the long break. He, I, I didn't think he set up that well to run well fresh, and he, he overachieved for mine. So I think second up now, 1500, that seems his happy place at Rose Hill. A 50% winning strike rate here. I'll lean with him, but I agree the likes of Kerwin's lane have got to be a. A terrific chance here. Um, he, he, you know, he's going to set up well with the with the run under his belt too. So, I can I can definitely see him running well. But Hills, I just want to know: uh, did the tab traders have an early Christmas party yesterday or something? Because uh, Waterford and about three other favourites on the Rose Hill card at late yesterday afternoon, they all just went two sixty to about two twenty, two thirty. I thought the tab traders must have went. No, nah, we don't want to take anything more. Let's go to the old uh, Christmas party. And we'll worry about it tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, a bit early for a Christmas party, but um, if there's any out there, I'll still attend. Um, yeah, well, again, I'll sort of come back to the fact that, you know, you want to take it on, but you can't if there's so much money. Like, I was sitting here yesterday afternoon into the early evening, and these favourites, oh, some of the favourites in Melbourne, you know, your red cards and your manables, etc., they're just absolutely off the charts. It's off the back of money, so... There's only so much they can do. Um, I'll tell you what we've written money for today in that race. I don't like it myself, but Brad Gray, a better expert than me, or better judge than me, uh, is new mandate. Uh, it's still $14, but you know, we've just written another 500 on it. So when you look at um, Waterford, just reiterating, when he won that last race here that, uh, about a year ago, mm. that was a rating of 78 then he ran a fifth in an 88, second in the Ajax, and then his rating went from 85 to, to 96. And here he is, 97 now. He's, he's nearly 20 points higher than when he won his last race here. There's nowhere for a horse like this to hide now. And I, I just I can't take 260 about a horse that's going up so high in the handicap without actually having won. Mm. Just back to the Christmas party, Hurls. Um, you, <laughs> you'd be keen to go to the tab one, would you? No. Probably uh, <laughs> suggested to me that I don't attend after Mate, an incident in 2004. So, uh, yeah, I'm a paper's a mark. You, uh, no, do you know what? I do have a bit of a You ruined my joke that. then. You ruined my joke. I had a punchline. I was setting oh, you well, up. Was I was oh, just going to say you're assuming you'd be invited, Hells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I actually have a little bit of a theory about um, Christmas parties. Whilst um, 
I don't know, maybe it's an age thing or what have you. But Free for all. Christmas is such a uh, yeah, quicker. Uh, Christmas is such a busy time that yeah, I sort of get to have beers uh, intermittently with people from work during the year, and often my best mates I don't see, so I sort of use that time to, to catch up with them. Anyway, there you go. You got another story for us this week? <laughs> nah, no, nah, sure. Oh, well, I have, but um, no, nah, I've been tapped on the shoulder. Actually, <laughs> I. <laughs> I wouldn't mind going to make a cup of coffee if you could be on for us. Uh, Davo, you got a story for us this week? Anything? Not really. I've just got uh, Pearl's calling himself an expert a couple of minutes to go. And, yeah, and, did, uh, you I, did, you, did you notice I actually uh, I did pull myself up about that? No, I'm not an expert. Also, I don't claim to be. Also, also what I do recall. Best friends left because he... Uh, because he said that, you know, he catches up with him at Christmas. I'm just one of those you spend time with during the year. So, yeah. My question for you, Hills, as I recall the key part of the story when we got to the end of it, the bill was two thirty. Yeah. You left, you paid three hundred, so it was a seventy dollar tip. Correct. That was after that was after a good day at the races. Correct. How but, generous were you last Saturday well, night at uh, the let's restaurants? Put in, let's put it into context also. We're talking twenty years ago, because as I said, a part of the story, if you were listening, uh, was oh, that when I got go home, I had to get the phone book out because it was pre-mobile phone days. So we're going back 25 years, so $70 is pretty pretty generous, probably a couple hundred these days. And now we can bet on our phones, boys. How good. What a, yeah, what a world exactly. it is. How good is it? Unbelievable. Uh, um, just a quick uh, one from Leighton here from Manly, always a good texter. Uh, three certainties in life, boys. Death, taxes, and Davo whinging about the tab traders. So, uh, Davo, don't forget who employs us, brother. Exactly. <laughs> You've got to keep them honest, don't we? I mean, come on. If we're not standing up for the punters, uh, that's, that's, what, that's, what our, that's what our job is as form analysts, is to, to be in the punters' corner. If you, if you had it the other way, it'd be, uh, you'd be mocking me more, surely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this one from Steve uh, in Kincumba. Hi, Luke. Love the show. I just want to say I think you're huge. Is that a compliment, boys, or has he seen me? <laughs> I'm pretty small, Steve. I've got to say, uh, that might be our producer, Steve, with the uh, bowler phone just texting in, trying to build my morale up, boys. The old yeah, bowler sure. phone, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the next race, uh, boys. Race number nine and Chalton Lane. A text about this galloper's chances today. Davo, is he a lock? It kind of feels a bit like Waterford, doesn't he? I mean, different race, but same sort of setup, getting back, bad map, but maybe the turn of foot to get himself out of trouble. Again, I, I don't know if I want to be diving in without seeing the pattern of the day and whether you can get home down the outside. I found it a fascinating race. I, I sort of got in there on top, but I, I wanted to sort of make cases for about five or six ruffies that I thought could could do something. You know, Kokoro here, toes on the nose, I thought could could improve second up. I even thought high court at 70s, if you're looking for a mad ruffy, this horse can show up and do something after a wide run there fresh. So I think he's the most likely winner, but I think there's about four or five others that, that could easily bob up at sort of double figures. Um, I found it a bit of a trap race, and I think Patton's going to be key. Mm, Darren? I think what really... Um, boosts his chances, Charlton Lane, that the pace should be good with Four Valor, Journalism, Danish Prince, the trio to go forward and take it up. So I think the pace will be there to suit his run on style. I ended up going with Periol 11 just over Charlton Lane. I, I thought they were the two main chances. Uh, Vienna Princess trialled um, last week, went all right. And Lock Eagle uh, could benefit by the 1400 metres here today. Um, not a race I really got my teeth into here, but I went Periol over Charlton Lane. 
Tell you what, Darren, if you go down today, mate, I'll go down with you because just about everything you've tipped on, uh, I've got on top as well. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's probably the, How are you uh, feeling yeah, now, Darren? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what I initially did? I, I put number five on top for, for Valor. And then, <laughs> You're and not then sweet. I had another... Then I had another look at that uh, first up oh. at Ramwick, and it was woeful. <laughs> and I thought, no, no. It was a bit like crosstalk. Yeah. And, uh, because I, it's still in the form guide five runs back, the second to think about it when it led. And I thought, oh, Clarky on, Clarky back in business today, he'll roll over, and I reckon he will lead for sure here for Valor. If it's a mad leader's track, I'd certainly uh, elevate it. Is there any chance of that happening, Davo, being mad leaders today, two-metre rail? Oh, look, it's always a possibility at, at Rose Hill, but two-metre rail I've got being pretty fair, so I, I think I think it'll be OK. I, I'd be more worried if it was sort of out six or seven. So I, I think it'll be, yeah, I think it'll be fair, but sometimes you do get it really fast and, and on speed at Rose Hill. Let's talk about race six, the golden pendant, and how far Espiona's going to win by, Brad. <laughs> yeah, well, she was outstanding first up. It's an interesting one, guys. I read the Shields report and... I don't know if I'm being too harsh on Nash um, because you said, you know, you want to hold this horse up and, and then give her a short sprint because she lays in. But, gee, if I was on her that day, I'd have been filthy because they only pushed the button at the 200 and she's got beaten three-quarters of a length in the last 50 metres. I know Sunshine in Paris is eased down, but she was absolutely motoring that last 50 and they've just ridden her so cold. And one of my pet hates is, is when a horse isn't given a full sprint, and she clearly wasn't that day because her last 50 metres, she was just sprouting wings. I think if they... If Can they I say something on that? Yeah. I just think, mate, because she lays in, that he, he couldn't get her to the outside earlier than he wanted to. You could see... Could, I might have to have another look at the video, but I thought that he mm. was sort of trying to get her to the outside and she was running in a little bit behind horses. Well, she has been like that for a fair yeah. chunk of her career. I think she's well, like used that to always... let down, though. Let, mm. You know, when she let down, and she, uh, I, I think the, the reading the stewards report by memory, it was more holding her up and, and sort of not okay. exposing her too early with that with that laying in factor. But having another look, yeah, for me, I thought sort of got you know like you get out earlier, and, and I think she goes close to winning to be honest. Um, so for me, I've got to be with her. Second up, she won last preparation. You always got that icky feeling because she does do a lot wrong. But I think she sets up well enough there today, and I think you know her main dangers are tissues. Probably the the sixteen hundred third up, even though it was really good there, fresh as well. Um, and the gotcha that the jury's out in some degree. So I think she picks herself, but you are still a little bit nervous because of her, her tendency to lay in and, and throw races away a bit. Until she won the Coolmore, I was, and I think Dave, uh, you agree with me as well at the time that um, she was better off in Melbourne on a Melbourne way of going, but um, yeah, it still has that tendency to, to lay in, but um, yeah, I think Brad uh, Gray said during the week um, that he, the fact that Nash has had a ride on her um, means she'll be he'll be more familiar with it. Mm. Man, it was just shot out of a cannon the last hundred, you're right, but check out the head-on Davo, I see what you mean, he to describe it for our listeners, he was conserving ground on the bend and he was following Sunshine in Paris then he sort of just conserve ground to her inside and then when he wanted to come to the outside horses in front of him that being Nash on Espiona they were just shifting out at the same time and he he was just trying to angle her out angle her out but she was laying in a little bit so I think it was there were a few contributing factors that didn't allow him to get to the outside of horses as quickly as he would have liked there guys perhaps but I, I 
But I, I take your you point as well. Yeah, I take your point. Then it's then it's sort of it's, you know you're out already, but maybe that's exposing it yeah. too early. But I, I prefer horses to to use their full sprint. I think J Mac does it really well in that he he uses a horse's full sprint, and J Mac can get caught on the line on a horse because they're all out and he's gone early. But I prefer going early than going too late because at least when you go early, you use a horse's full sprint. There's nothing worse than going late and having a horse that's still got a. 150 metre sprint, but it, the race is over. Mm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Does Diamond Dealer lead this field up? Yes, I think so, Darren. Yeah. So Dazzling... See, Diamond Dealer's drawn one, so Dazzling two, so Dazzling won't be there early. Espiona's got three. Can Nash get straight over on the fence and get behind Diamond Dealer, get leaders back? I think he can. What do you think, Brad? Well, if he can, that's the other key I think that we probably haven't touched on today is we know she lays in, so she's going to love the fence, right, because she mm. can't lay in anymore. So if they can find the fence and, and one pops off in, on the turn and she's sort of on the rail and just following it, that's going to really help her too. We saw that in the in the Coolmore and races like that when she was back down on the inside. So I think the low draw actually helps her, but those types of horses, is uh, another one that comes to mind. If, if one does get in front of them, then they kind of need to come out and get back to the fence a bit too. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. And he'll have Armour outside of him, more likely Darren on Zugotcha, and I guess he won't be easy to shove out of the way. That could be one other no, angle. that's right. Yeah, I was banking on Espiona just taking the rails run uh, up mm. the straight if it, if it provides itself. And just not sure about Zugotcha now. Is she ready to, to go on with go on with the job? Because she was in the right part of the going there in the Scirocco, and I thought she wasn't really attacking the line like a horse you want to see going up in trip next time. Well, it's D-Day today, and Chris Waller put his hands up on our program this morning and said, look, we've got a distances wrong all preparation. 11-12 uh, has been too short. And I'm expecting her to improve today, Darren, out to her preferred trip of 1,400 metres. But jury's still out for mine a little bit. I, I want to see her show us that she's really come back and can mix it with these top mares. Yeah, I think this is the right race for her today. Mm. Just whether, And I'm not too concerned about the first two runs because, as you say, they're just the wrong distance. Yeah, exactly. She'll get every possible today, I would have thought, Brad. Mm. Zoo got yeah, you. D-Day, I agree. Absolute D-Day today because fork in the road moment for a prep because you can make those excuses. But even making those excuses, I'm kind of with Darren. I go the other day, you yeah. should have still done a bit more yeah, I know. Um, because you were to 1,200 checking up. I know. Well, we talk about Despiona's uh, finish there. What about the other one that had the checkered passage of tissue? It looked like she was just charging into the race at about the 125 and then she got right up the back of the horse in front, checked off heels and still flushed through the line. Is, is she a chance? Terrific chance. Yeah. She's got to be because, you know, I, I think another point with her is she seems to be jumping better this time. And, uh, you know, you, you line up her run with Espiona and it was probably just as good. My only concern mm. with her is she gets back, not a lot of speed, and I just feel like she might be the the ready, the one to explode third up mile, soft track somewhere, rather than just a map today. That was my only concern. But if you line up their runs, she was absolutely sensational first up. Hells, um, what price um, is Espiona now, mate? Uh, Espiona's now two fifteen. I'll tell you what, I need to point out to you, we've got a new favourite in the Golden Rose, and it's King Colorado. It's into three ninety. Wow. Uh, Six dollars this morning. What did I say? Four. I think I said four eighty ten minutes ago. It's now into three dollars ninety. Well, so I don't know what's oh, happened there GR. because I'm, I'm just Hang looking on. at the trade. Um, yeah, mm. into yeah, <laughs> into three dollars ninety. <laughs> 
Darren, what's happened? Oh, uh, sounds like someone's uh, little one's in there fiddling with the buttons today. 480 into 390, stop it. He'll pop back uh, out shortly, just stand yes. by. I don't, want to I don't want to criticise the tab traders again. But, <laughs> oh, Dave, are uh, you going to start for $5? Like, come on, it's, it's the whole 480 to 390, some smarties back it, and it'll be back out in the 460 in about three seconds. Oh, Dave, yes. I'll let you know. Yeah, stand $6. by. $6 at half past seven this morning. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the Golden Rose. By the way, there was one text uh, followed up on Davo's comments um, of Shinzo, uh, a listener uh, agreeing to a point. I don't think Davo was as negative as this, but uh, one listener suggesting Shinzo lay of the day. Um, Armour gave it a peach in the slipper, but will need to be even better today, the ride, if it's to even finish top three. So uh, that from Leighton in Manly in regards to Shinzo there in that Golden Rose. One little segue text, guys. Um, uh, from a listener here, no name on this one, but I wonder what Hurls' early crow for the 2025 Melbourne Cup will be today, boys. <laughs> and load up on alligator blood. <laughs> there you go, Hurls. Oh, mate, it was a couple of weeks ago. Jeez, I couldn't let it go. <laughs> We've got to get you on task, buddy. Uh, We're trying to get yeah. you on task. <laughs> I think I'll stick to... I, I, will be, uh, I will be sticking to the script today, as you know. Yes, you will. We'll do our early crows in the next 10 minutes or so. Five minutes till the multi will go live, punters. So if you want to get involved, uh, we will release our legs shortly. Just one final text to round off on the Shiraco. And that's in regards to She's a Belter. Anyone give She's a Belter a chance from this listener? Uh, $14 looks fat off that trial, Brad. Mm. I just didn't think today, but it wouldn't surprise me. I just think maybe building into the prep something else in, in mind rather than today. But I could be wrong. Um, she's a nice horse, but I just didn't think today. Okay, Darren? Yeah, she switched yards um, from the Snowdens over to Annabelle Neesham and tried well on the home track. I, uh, I certainly wouldn't want to pot her. Um, but it's race six, so it's not a quaddy leg. Yeah, very interesting runner. Mm, you're a trial man, Darren. You would have seen that trial. Yeah, it, it, it was nothing flash, but it was it was good work. Yeah, 1,200-metre trial too. I always wonder about the depth mm. of those sometimes, guys. You usually get a lot of stayers in those, and uh, it can be fake news. All right. <laughs> uh, this one, I, I like this. Uh, hey, guys, I've seen Tab's promo of Brad Gray on the golf course. Any chance we might see something similar out on the boat with Davo? That from Tony in Narara, Davo. They want to see a bit of the great man out uh, in his natural habitat doing a bit of fishing. Mate, they're always welcome, but I haven't got the call up yet. So I've seen a, I've seen a few around the, the joint. I think... Uh, yeah, look, if I get the call up, they're more than welcome out on the boat. But uh, I think Brad Gray, you know, he's got the he's got the look, doesn't he? I mean, I've got the balding hair at, at, at 36 and don't really have the look going. Where Brad Gray's got the old beard, he's got the full head of hair, he's got the look. Where on the uh, on the ugly Brad, I think so. Uh, probably probably found the order in terms of getting a bit of social media content out. <laughs> why? Why? You're such a handsome man. That could bring the viewership up, Damo. <laughs> I might have to go get the hair transplant. Yeah. Hey, make sure you wear the hat out on the boat, brother. Don't want you getting sunburned. <laughs> uh, thanks to Laura from Mudgee for her text as well. Send him a, an email for me, Laura. I appreciate that one. Let's uh, have a listen to our legs this week. Uh, we go round the grounds with our multi. Uh, guys, we're off a win. Congratulations on your outstanding efforts last week. And I believe the Punders panel got the chocolates as well. So congratulations to all our listeners who took the multis last week. Both of them saluting. So we'll put Dicko under a little bit of pressure this week. Darren Flindell, what's your leg? 
Yeah, what was it? Three out of the four won last week, and you mm. went once my once again my girl who had to contend with Derry Grove. Oh. Wasn't that? Another that's win. probably one of the the coziest highway wins I've ever seen. <laughs> was it what? And boys, <laughs> we got a highway leg up, listeners. Look at that, hey, you little beauty, a highway leg in the multi, and ding, a mm. successful one, Darren. We're back in the highways. But we shan't be going down that avenue today. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Kerwin's Lane Race 7. I think it'll just get a lovely run off the back of the speed there. And off his rating at 106, I think this is his real opportunity to bounce back. I know he hasn't done a great deal in a while, but he's just been at the highest level. And this is a pretty shallow group too today. So Race 7, number one, Kerwin's Lane. Love it, uh, Darren Flindell. Just before Brad Davidson delivers his leg, this one from Matt on the text line. Love the Hurls value picks. Davo, the dollar ten man, needs to lift. We want value, lads, from Matt Davo. Yeah, look, I'm happy to take the shorty again this week because <laughs> you boys had already uh, gone with all some generous prices. So I thought, well, I'll just go Estiana. That'll do us. And don't forget, values at the top end of the market. Uh, the favourite. That's where you get your best value. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Espiona for Davo. What are you doing, Hurls? Yeah, I've gone Tazarel. Not double figures this week, but, um, yeah, I really like the form. Around uh, just fine. I think stepping up the 1,900, back on a good track, looks very safe to me. Lovely, mate. And speaking of safe, no one's safer than uh, El Marlo this week, gentlemen. We've got Royal <laughs> Tribute in race four. The Heritage Stakes for my leg straight to the front. And Ed said he'll be uh, he'll be nearly winning, let alone running top four. It'll be an easy watch for us, punters. So, Hells, That's a great race. It's a ripper, Darren. We'll talk about it mm. next too, guys. Uh, we desperately need to talk about that Heritage because it's a beauty. So, Hurls, what price and what are our legs this week? Okay, our legs are race three, Hazarel, race four, Royal Tribute, race six, Espiona, race seven, Kerwin's Lane. We're going with $4 this week, maximum bet of $50. It is now open under sports and today's offers on the website or racing and racing offers on the tab app, which is the best in the business. So be quick, it is open and it has been selling like hotcakes. How good's that, uh, Darren? Uh, the punter's getting involved. Yeah, I'm just trying to get involved myself here. <laughs> oh, right, I found it. <laughs> Great stuff, Darren. We'll let you get sorted. We'll let you get sorted. Let's go to this Heritage Stakes, guys. And before our early crows for this week, we will uh, talk about this race. Oh, Davo, this is just succulent. Uh, this is just succulent, this race. Uh, what a what a wonderful field. This race today, including the Golden Rose for mine, I, I just think it's a beauty. Mm. And I'm really excited to see what, a couple of these can do. Uh, Royal Tribute, just, I know he only won a maiden there the other day, but he absolutely smashed the clock and he's got the setup, doesn't he, with the run under his belt. They can roll along and, and try to take Osmosis out of his comfort zone. But how good is Osmosis? I mean, he's two from two. The rating when he beat Royal Tribute at Ramwick was one of the best ratings of the two year old for the season. My only little knock is Sian Baker's. I don't know what it is, but just the last couple of months, they're just getting beaten a lot first up at short odds, and whether they're just leaving that bit more improvement in them. I know he's about minus 20% POT the last two years with first up horses, so they might just be better second and third up. That's what the stats are telling me, so I'm just a little wary, but I think he's got that class to overcome mm. it today, and I'm with him narrowly over Royal Tribute. I think Celestial Legend, I think if they got him up earlier, he might have been the Golden Rose horse, but obviously they've got different targets for him. I'm not sure today's his day 1100, but I think he's a very exciting horse, and I think he's the one with the flashing light on that we're going to all be talking mm. about out of the race. 
and it wouldn't even surprise me to see Chris Dilley bounce back because <laughs> he's a Group 2 winner, don't forget, and she did everything wrong the other day. I think they'll fly here. That'll allow her to get into some sort of rhythm because she over-races. And if she does, she's got a lethal turn of speed too. So great race, race of the day for me. Yeah, it's a ripper. And Darren, just before you go, the the roles are reversed this time in the meeting of Osmosis and Royal Tribute. It was Royal Tribute first up meeting Osmosis, who'd had a run last time they met. But this time, mm. Royal Tribute's had the run under his belt and Osmosis is fresh. Does that mean anything here? Well, uh, when I did go back and watch that replay, what sort of stood out to me that Osmosis is a really big, strong horse. Mm. It looked like he towered over Royal Tribute uh, that day. So that was back in June. Um, I think he's a really smart colt, Osmosis. He, he was trialling like a superstar before he went to the races and he won easily at Gosford and then beating Royal Tribute. The way he's been working leading up to this, sensational work, I think he wins. Um, and as Brad said, the flashing light really is going to be Celestial Legend. Um, I've got no doubt about that. The way he surged through the line late in his trial here at Rose Hill and the way he won his two-year-old race earlier in the year, he looks like a really nice horse himself. And then you've got Royal Tribute. I just wonder now that the tab of locked in bonus notches mm-hmm. last night, so that's another slot taken. Um, there's only a few left, and just assuming Godolphin, you know, they've got In Secret and, and Cylinder and Shinzo for Coolmore, then there's sort of only one more slot open. And I just wonder if that final position will be decided out of this race today. Mm, um, any thoughts on Barber, guys? Uh, James Cummings seems bullish about him, that he, he's training really well and everything, but I don't know. I thought he was a little bit overrated, to be honest, last preparation, and I'm sticking to that until I see something else. You know, we've seen the, the little bros and some horses from that Blue Diamond come back and, and not set the world alight. Don Corleone wasn't great first up, so I'm, I'm saying no until I see different, because I, I had him in the overrated categories of two-year-olds. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been entered and scratched several times. Like that um, trial now was almost a month ago. In fact, uh, more than a month, five weeks ago uh, at Ramwick. We didn't learn much there because he was given such a quiet time. Yeah, I don't know. From the draw, I'd prefer to leave him alone. I think we're focused on the the winning chances. Oh, Darren, really hard against Barber. He's not a winning chance, according to Flindell Hells. I think Royal Tribute may even start favourite here based on the money. It's 250 osmosis, Royal Tribute 280. And, well, Barber's been popular. It's still keeping it at that $9 chance. Um, but, yeah, dollar-wise, it's been well tried. Celestial Legend's really soft, actually. Barely written a bean for it. Uh, text for you, Darren. Gents, I'm a little disappointed at the lack of gloating today about Osbred Flirt from last week. Darren, you tipped it on top, so did Duff and Brad Gray. This listener... I had a little bet on it and had a very good day as a result. Mike the banker. So, come on, Darren, give yourself huh. a bit of a pump up. We're at 20 to 1, uh, if you don't mind, last week. Yeah, that was clearly the highlight of the day. I think at the at the end of the segment, I put a best bet out just fine, and that was my roughie for the day, Osbred Flirt. So it was good to get one home. And um, the man in the saddle is just killing them, uh, uh, Tyler Schiller. Yeah. Outstanding ride. There wasn't much room there, and he just waited and waited and... Whoosh. Didn't he what? It's great uh, to watch. Trouncing a... those Victorians, all those short price Victorians in the race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that, uh, we'll do our early crows shortly uh, and discuss that. Uh, this uh, listener has 
uh, throwing a lobster on your multi today, guys. Best of luck to you all. That's from Fingers. Fingers, what's your early crow this week? <laughs> Davo, you were very upset a few weeks ago when Fingers uh, went outside the guidelines for his early crow. <laughs> <laughs> Was I? Was he one that followed the hurls? Oh, uh, you were blowing up. 2.8. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Um, this this here now, this has got to be probably, as long as I've been doing the show, this has got to be my favourite text message that's ever come through. This is, a, this is a gem. Listen to this, boys. Good morning, gentlemen. And this is Amelia who's texting in. Good morning, gentlemen. My husband listens to your show every week, and he sits here writing down every tip and texting in every five minutes. Can you remind him to mow the lawn, please, when the show finishes? <laughs> that's great. I think that's Sven from Greenpoint. So, Sven, you've got orders, brother. When you've finished uh, listening to the show this morning, get out there, mate, and keep the missus happy. Mow the lawns. Apparently, they're six foot high, Sven. So, there you oh. go, boys. <laughs> what about that, Darren? <laughs> oh, be snakes everywhere. Yeah, cut, the, cut that grass, Sven. Victor the grass cutter. Time for the early crows, boys. On Racing HQ. Hey, it's a little too early for being that loud. Hey, too late. Don't worry, cause it's never too early. The early crow. <laughs> it's never too early. Early crow time. Welcome back for another week. Uh, let's see how we went last week. Um, I'll go first. I went head-to-head with Hills. He said Fangirl was the lay of the day. I said I think it can overcome the bad map and all of that. So I get a bump bump. <laughs> And Andrew Hurley, you get a ding. Beautiful. <laughs> Darren Flindell, how did you go last week? I was risking the last favourite caboo. <laughs> it's scraping my <laughs> nose. So I think I, I get half a half a tick. No, no, <laughs> no. Give him a bump. No. Oh. Only, only a little, yeah. yeah. Both. <laughs> so, yeah, you were risking caboo. And he, Gaza oh. Blanca nearly got him, Darren. Nearly Gee, they got were, him. Gee, they were great scenes, you know. It was a really good crowd at Roundwick last week. And the photo took a long time oh. to be decided. And you could just see the tension building up down on the lawn and in the grandstands. And when the number went up, <laughs> big roars and big uh, sigh of disappointment as well. <laughs> oh, I was one of those punters who went up, Darren. I was very happy he scrambled home. It saved my day, Davo. How did you go last week? Saved me too. Uh, look, I said the, the, uh, the bubble will burst with our Tivo now. He was beaten six lengths, but I think he's just getting out now. So uh, what do you do with that? We'll give you a tick. Yeah, I'll take it. We'll give you a with tick. With an asterisk. What a, okay, yeah, Davo. The biggest moral you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm with you, Wells. That was a shocker. Davo, what happens if he gets out? Does he win? Oh, I think he does. <laughs> <laughs> That's as bad as I've seen, actually. Oh, boys, uh, there were a few last week. It's a get the nature of big fields. So, mm. so Davo was right in the saying that Altivo would get beaten or his bubble would burst, but his bubble just might not be burst yet, Davo. Because... I agree, I agree. I think that's a... Unfortunately, I think I've done what I hurled here and it's one we can't decide today, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a point too, Davo. Stay on task, mate. Stay on task. What's <laughs> oh, doing? Dear. All right. Dear, dear. Our early crows for Rose Hill... Today, guys, Darren Flindell, what's your early? Oh, didn't know I still haven't made, made <laughs> up my mind because my best formula has been picking up big roughies, and that's where I've, I've been going well. Well, keep keep your uh, powder dry. Do you want to keep your powder dry and go last? Pro- yes. Yes. No, actually, I'll go. Now, the problem is, I 
I do like uh, Kerwin's Land a bit. It's eleven dollars, and I like Cavalier Charles in the last eleven dollars. But I'm not sure if that's if that's big enough. I'm going to risk the favourite in the seventh, uh, Waterford, at, at the two dollars eighty. He's the one I'll take on today. Yep, I like it, Darren. So Darren Flindell's early crow this week, Waterford. Brad Davidson, what's your early crow? Yeah, I've been uh, sort of flipping a coin, go either way, and I think one of them's a bit of a soft option, so I'll go for the the other one. But the the softer option was Celestial Legend. Will will be the flashing light today and the horse that everyone's talking about, um, you know, come, come sort of Monday morning. But I think I'll go with how good a use winless, well, winning streak will end today. Uh, I was keener to take her on when Loire was in the race because he would have taken her on for the lead. But I just think they got the tactics wrong on Marquez the other day. They took off too late. That was the instructions from the stable due to a breathing problem, I think, in the mm, past. But mm. I think today they don't make that that, um, that that same tactic. I think they go a bit earlier, and I think he wins if they do. So I think she'll get uh, beaten today. Andrew Hurley, what's your early crow this week, brother? Well, it was going to be unspoken as the lay of the day. Uh, however, it's I'm scratched. going. Yeah, well. <laughs> he can't win. He definitely can't no. win, Hills. <laughs> I said I was going to. Uh, now, something that very, very rarely happens is favourites winning both, uh, well, either or, really, uh, the midway and the highway. But I think that's exactly what will happen today. I think uh, Atmospheric Rock will win the highway and the other favourite peace officer will win the midway. What price is Peace Officer now, Hurls? Two twenty-five. Wow. Um, Gee, we've written you know some what, bets on it too. I, you know, I, I thought I think four forty was available the other day, and that that seemed to go right off. And I thought, oh, surely this has got to get out, but it's done nothing but shorten. Mm. Mate, I can tell week. you, I'm just looking at the figures. We have held taken more on it than any other runner on the card today thus far. Yeah, yeah I really like it. Yeah, I'm yeah, really I keen on Peace Officer, yeah. but I, I can't back anything at 220. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm trying to work out the strategy to make an earn out of it. Multis. Well, it doesn't look like it's going to get out, guys. I thought for sure he'd start a bit longer, but he's he's very popular, Peace Officer. Just take it in a multi with uh, Amenable in Melbourne. Yeah. Because uh, that'll be winning as well. Well, guess have what? You ever, Go Luke, have you ever seen a horse with Rodina and Samana form in a midway? That's my early crow, boys. Here's some interesting news that's uh, come through. Sounds like Giga Kick's going to be out of the carnival. What? Wow. Mm. What's happened? Not sure. Um, well, yeah, that, stay tuned. Sounds like Giga that, Kick's coming out. That is very interesting because we've taken a bet of for a thousand or two thousand on. I wish I win in the last what's that? Uh, seven minutes ago. Where are you getting that from, Darren? Well, yeah, it's uh, on RaceNet. It's on RaceNet, guys. I've, I've got the article it's here. It's there, is it? Right, OK. Star Sprinter Giga Kick is out of the $20 million the Everest. RaceNet can, convi- can reveal that the Clayton Douglas Galloper has been ruled out due to a tore gluteal muscle suffered in the much-talked-about Group 2 McEwen Stakes at the Valley on September 9. I've done one of those. They hurt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I won't read any further. Um, but now I guess this uproar post-race makes more sense. There had to be more to it, considering the Mm. reaction, but he suffered an injury in that race, and obviously they're struggling to get it right, guys. So that is big, big news um, in regards to the Everest. uh, Giga kick is out of the race. Wow. Yeah, we've taken it it down the market too, which makes... uh, Think about it now, the favourite at 4.20. I wish I win uh, 4.40. 
uh, and privatised into seven fifty and bonus notches at nine dollars. So yeah, that's huge news. Luke, you called to think about it yesterday at Ramigan, the trials. Looks like he's flying. He's going Ooh. great, Darren. Now, I've, I've been pondering something, guys. Joe Pride has got private eye and think about it in the Everest. If he runs top two, say Joe Quinella's the Everest, would that be the most a trainer's ever earned in one race in history? <laughs> oh, I'd have to be. I've done the numbers, guys. Have a guess. Oh, for sure. Have a guess. How much? Oh, what's, his, what's his percentage going to be? I believe the trainers get 10% when their horses win. Sure. They, I think they get 10% of the winnings. Um, I stand corrected on that. I know the jockeys get five. I'm pretty sure the trainers get 10%, guys. So how good's your math, Darren? I can tell you. Oh, I'm just uh, I'm just trying to think what the breakdown is. First and second prize money. Um, yeah, <laughs> Joe's going to have lots of new mates. <laughs> <laughs> if they run top two, Joe, based on my um, summation that it's ten percent, would take home nine hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Oh, get you a little one-bedroom unit somewhere. <laughs> yes, Sydney markets, Darren. <laughs> yes. You might get a little shoebox somewhere. But what mm. about that, guys? That that's an uh, that's unbelievable, isn't it? That's unbelievable. Nearly a million dollars. There were some stats put out during the week. I forget who it was from, and they were talking. Actually, Proven Thoroughbreds put something out about why they don't basically go for two-year-olds and put out the percentage of you know winners and even those that make the make the uh, make it onto the track. The, the stats of Joe Pride, you could easily argue, is one of, if not just about the best trainer in the country. It would be strike rate and everything. He's just a fabulous trainer. When you consider, uh, combine the purchase price of the two of them is 135000 It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so you guys obviously don't give a stuff about my early crow this week? <laughs> what? I didn't oh. hear it. It was overshadowed by this big news from Darren. What was it? Sorry, yeah, sorry. Darren, park your giga kick nonsense. We've got more important stuff to talk about here. My early more crow, giga, thank you very more much. More giga clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? We were touching on it. Brad, you're right about these form lines. Peace officer. I've never backed a midway winner. But my early crow is that I'll be backing one today when I have my hard-earned on Peace Officer because I think this wins, guys. I've been waiting for uh, the death to take a better price. I might, I might have to take my medicine here because uh, this is not softening up, Dave. Uh, well, I think now you probably have to just wait, don't you? To you the, have to, to yeah. Right at the end and just see if you get a little bit of a drift. But, yeah, he's, um, he ran a sensational rating there first up. And as I said, third behind Rodina and Samana. If they were in this race, they'd been by six. So, um, mm. yeah, he, he, he sets up beautifully today. I was going to have him as the multi-leg, but I didn't want to cop the criticism if we get a midway one peak. So I thought I'll go Espiona instead. Oh, I thought you were brave, Dave. No, I no, no I just couldn't cop it. I think Ben the Knee could be a good option for the Quinella there. Outstanding first run at uh, Canterbury uh, when resuming. And I think... I'm not sure it was track record. It was def- They smashed the class record. It was very fast time with Body Bob winning. thought Ben the Knee could be a good Quinella option to try and extract some type of value. He's a $12 chance uh, against Agreed. Peace Officer. How many mates do you reckon stir their other mates up uh, just sending that into the group chat? Ben the Knee, boys, when are you going, you know, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of time, boys. Best bets before we go, Darren. Yes, it's nearly debortally time, isn't it? Uh, value best, race 10, number one, Cavalier Charles will get the run of the race. Save it till after the calling, mate. Have a good day. Cheers. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See you, Darren. Brad Davidson, your best.
Oh, look, I, I think uh, Peace Officer, I think Espiona and I think Marquez will all go close, but I don't think they're absolute standout either today. So, um, yeah, look, I think they'll all run well on a, on a tricky program. So we'll, we'll go those three to, to all run well and hopefully get the job done. Have a good day, mate. Thank you. There's Cheers. Brad Davidson. Hurls, we're out of time, mate. Thanks for another week. Yeah, thank you, mate, for what's worth. Rainbell in the last of each way special, amenable. They won't see which way it's gone. And make good luck to the Broncos tonight. Penrith, fair dinkum. How good were they last night? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think it'll they be... Got, a... They almost got better. Oh, they're flying. I'm worried about uh, the grand final. Got to get through tonight with my Broncos. Get through tonight. Anyway, we'll see what happens, mate. All right, mate.